2: The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. Eighteen plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about
2: anywhere. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Informer, you know
0: said that I'm a me I go blame. Aliki on bum down, take the money, say that I'm a me start somewhere down the lane. Aliki bum bum down, informer, you know said that I'm a me I go blame. Aliki bum bum down, take the money, say that I'm a me start
2: somewhere down the lane. Aliki bum bum down.
3: Hello and welcome to the Lookout Landing podcast. My name is John Troop and I am the Deputy Managing Editor here at Lookout Landing. And we are coming to you live from a snowy Seattle, Washington. I'm joined today by two of my fellow co-writers here. We have Kate Prusser, Managing Editor of Lookout Landing. Kate how is it over there in West Seattle? It sounds like it's not been great.
1: I'm considering which of my cats to eat first. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what what what's the what's sort of the breakdown on the the pros and cons for, per for each cat?
1: Uh well, I've ar- I've narrowed it down to the two younger ones as they are uh, not so bony as my old man who I could never eat anyway. I love him too much. Fair enough. Um uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit desperate here. There is, um, they canceled the bus that used to go by my house in the last round of the transit cutbacks. So, mm-hmm. there's. it's not a bus route, so it's mm-hmm. not plowed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everyone is just kind of apparently cool with, uh, with just being at home. So, like, the streets are a solid, like, up to your ankle, mid-calf of unplowed goodness and I'm going a little stir crazy here
3: mhm Well, we're, <laughs> we're going to really try and stir that a little more yeah. uh, we also have Matthew Robertson Matthew how, how are things on the hill
0: <laughs> uh, things are cold but these takes remain hot Excellent. So we can warm, watched, warm ourselves. I've watched my neighborhood kind of turn into an episode of Jackass. It's a lot of people just <laughs> finding things in their home and then using it to get down the hill. So I've seen cardboard boxes, like the tops of garbage cans. Some people have actually got like real skis and snowboards. It's been pretty fun. But like Kate, I have not left my apartment in a while. Um, I kind of actually planned this expertly. I went to the grocery store. In between snowfalls, so I should be alright. hmm
1: mm-hmm, That was smart. Yeah, I did the beforehand, and uh, and supplies are running about as low as morale. So
3: yikes! What's the What's the most inadvisable sledding oh. run you guys have ever done in your lives? Because I've done some poor, like poorly thought out tobogganing in my life, uh, but I, I'm curious. You both live lived in some. Well, I like guess. Some snowier places uh, than than Seattle.
1: Are you talking about when Matthew lived in San Diego? No, know. it's <laughs> snowier. <laughs> it's snowier on the east
3: side I'm, than in, in, it's snowier on the plateau than it is yes, here. My
0: childhood in Sammamish definitely featured like sledding down a hill that led to like a retention pond, which was gross as hell, <laughs> but like it was the best hill. So you'd have to kind of bail before you got to like the really brown water that I guess was also oh, frozen, God. so it was either, like, if it was cold enough where it froze, you're like, oh, that's going to hurt, and if it was <laughs> just, just water, then you're like, oh, that's disgusting, so.
1: Mm.
3: That's a rough, that's sort of a rough lose-lose there. What yeah. about you, Kate? Are you a big sledder?
1: No, because I lived here most of my life, and then college in Virginia, not a lot of snow there.
3: I guess, that's fair
1: and then Philadelphia which had a ton of snow but and this is the thing that people miss while they're like oh see the snow wimpy babies like yeah motherfuckers it's not hard when your city is flat
3: yeah i was going to say the literally the entire eastern like half of the united states doesn't have topography so yeah, like
1: yeah no i mean philly was flat so mm-hmm. like yeah you could get out there and your in your skis and whatever and, mm-hmm. and I mean could also lean and... yeah, just, but also you know they were set up for that like the snow would come and everyone would like shift into snow mode like okay mm-hmm. chains on the I mean people owned chains and rock salt <laughs> and shovels and stuff I have one shovel and it's a plastic shovel that I've had since the 80s <laughs> That's since I was as tall as the shovel like they don't Really sell grown-up show s- snow shovels here, so it's, uh, yeah,
0: it's, it's just uh, different, it's, you know. It's definitely We're Not prepared for. I this. mean, we got
3: a we had a mayor essentially not get reelected because they oh yeah they sent yeah, the yeah. one snowplow <laughs> not to anywhere except their house. Uh, so that
1: was um, some shady. We've had some uh, shady goings on, haven't we? For a city that. <laughs>
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. For for a city that like really prides itself on some like up and <laughs> up and up politics right, right, and being right. on the we're forefront, we're so progressive. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh,
1: yeah. Um, that I mean, I don't think anyone's head is gonna roll over this because, and it's you know it shows too like how accurate our projection systems are now. Like, kind of what they said was gonna happen happened.
3: Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean. I'm I'm looking out over Green Lake, which I can finally actually see again, and it is still coming down here. People are trudging through with dogs of varying sizes, and uh, yeah. I mean, to well. make
1: like sort of a, a a segue into baseball and the state of baseball right now the Mm -hmm. uh, the finer analytics are helping us (laughs) with the snow but they're maybe hurting the people who are sitting at home right now without jobs indeed right because because we can look Mm. and see that like not all of these players are going to be great buys and so no one wants to give marwin Mm -hmm. gonzalez a whole bunch of money right now uh, Mm -hmm. even though literally every team could use a marwin gonzalez that is that's what Mm -hmm. bots boggles my mind, is like, yes, Harper, Machado, okay, like, they're both great players. Every team could theoretically use a great player. I mean, Mm -hmm. the Mariners don't really need him, because we've got a bunch of pretty exciting young outfielders. Um, I maybe use Machado, although is he a real shortstop? I guess...
3: I think he's more real of a shortstop than Tim Beckham, or, yeah, or yeah. and probably his bat is real enough that it doesn't really matter when it comes to JP. Crawford, yeah, and I mean you could always yeah. like
1: kindly shuffle Kyle off to the side, right? But
3: yeah, if you get Manny Machado, which in fairness, I, it sounds like he like just legitimately doesn't want to play on the West no, Coast. No, I, so I think that's and
1: I mean that's something else to to kind of take in as well, but. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a tough a tough slog. Hard living. Tough slog, and I think maybe you could talk Bryce Harper into the West Coast, but uh, he plays the position yeah. that we don't really need, which we're going to cover today.
3: Hmm. Indeed. Uh, so Matthew, Matthew, uh, sort of. Drew up our uh, division by division, or not division by division, position by position preview for the Mariners. Uh, last week we went through infielders, both at the major league level and throughout the minor leagues. And uh, what are we, what are we covering today, Matthew?
0: Oh, uh, I was gonna let the weather talk go as long as possible so that Mike <laughs> Trout would finally listen <laughs> and we could get him on our side. <laughs> But Just planting the seed. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll listen. He needs to fucking scout his competition in the AL West. But mm, you're, you're, saying like in, you're
1: saying that like he's going to resign with the Angels. And my gut. Ooh, that is a me, great point. My gut tells me, Jersey boy, I want to go home.
0: That's all. Yeah. I didn't even really consider that. I really hope that that happened so then I can fully embrace. Mike Trout. Oh, it would be but... so
1: great to be able to like openly root for Mike Trout because I like the Phillies obviously I spent a long time in Philly. If Mike Trout was a Philly, that would be like just personally that would really work out for me so if like if, if you guys could make that happen.
3: Uh... Yeah, I'm a big fan of basically all the like entertaining Mariners going to the NL East where it's like I basically can enjoy any outcome here Mm -hmm. (laughs) like all of these are entertaining like
0: yeah and their games start at like 4 p.m. so you can like watch the whole thing before the Mariners even start that's always nice
1: real easy uh really easy second team situation there
0: yeah but anyway we're here to talk about our first team and our outfielders that we have uh yeah, if you missed the first installment of the series, go listen to that. We discussed the infielders on the roster. And today we're going with the outfielders, which uh there's only really one full time outfielder that remains from last season in Mitch Haniger. This off season alone we've lost some fan favorites in Guillermo, uh Ben Gammel, Denard Spann, and a fan enemy in Cameron Mabin. <laughs> so we're we've reshuffled the deck here in Seattle. And I guess I want to start with a question uh, for the group. Of the departed outfielders, which are you saddest to see go? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, This could be from a baseball standpoint or a personal you-love-them-with-your-whole-heart standpoint.
1: I will marry a baseball and um, fan favorite and say I'm, pr- I'm pretty sad about Guillermo being gone. Um, not Mm -hmm. only because he was a literal joy to watch play baseball, I think it's really fun and it's especially rewarding too. like, to see a guy who has battled for so long to want to play baseball, is living out his dream every day, he gets to step on the field. He's so happy to be there. He plays with such a joyful spirit. Um, but then also I was looking at, um, the most outs above average, And Guillermo, out of like 200 outfielders, Guillermo came in 30th with like 5 outs above average, so Guillermo's saving you 5 outs per season, I guess. With his outfield play, which is surprising because defensive metrics don't always like... It's one of the arguments about Guillermo, right? was like the defensive metrics didn't ever like him as much as the eye test did. And I always thought that Guillermo was a better outfielder than what the defensive metrics showed. Um, So it was nice to have one kind of come out in support of him.
3: Yeah, I, I would probably put... I mean, I, I will miss Guillermo. M- Mitch Hanniger, by
1: the way, just to follow up on that, is um, ranks in the bottom like fifteen percent. He was way doesn't down. Matter the list. Dingers, doesn't matter, dinger. Doesn't dingers. matter, dinger. Sorry, <laughs> all right, all right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> doesn't yeah, I matter, think dinger. That actually just no, you're speaks fair.
0: to the to the weirdness of defensive metrics when, like, Mitch Hanniger can rate so good in some and so bad in the others. Yeah, it's like, who do we yeah. believe?
3: That's true. But yeah, I, I do think that's a good point because I, I I do think Guillermo. I mean. Tampa Bay Ray Guillermo Redia, <laughs> who we will talk about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he just – he did seem like a good outfielder, and it was always very strange to see him rated so poorly. So I'm, I'm glad that there's some indications of strength there. I will miss um, Denard Span a lot. Yeah, uh, I think, you know, his numbers were good, and he's the sort of player that – the league currently doesn't necessarily have a ton of room for uh, because you have 12, 13 man bullpens and, or, well, pitching staffs. And as a result, you're just not going to have extra guys on the bench who are, you know, average or above right. average hitters. Um, and the Narts man is a guy
1: who would really, um, really benefit from the DH being universal. As would Adam yes. Jones. I mean, and you know, we need to we need to give those guys jobs. Like those, that should yeah. be a job. So anyone who does not mm. like the DH can can <laughs> think hard about what they want to see, who they want to see in baseball, because there is a certain joy to seeing players like Nelson Cruz and Denard Span, mm. whose days of playing the field are maybe slightly past them, but who you would much mm. rather see taken at bat as pitchers. Mm continue to decline in their ability to put up mm. a, a shall we say competitive at bat
0: right Thanks. would you rather watch denard span or john lester hit the answer is very clear like, <laughs> right. you don't need to pretend you don't need to pretend like it's some like sanctity of the game issue where like john lester has to hit 079 for anything to matter but the
1: like, strategy could just be denard span yeah no yeah
0: no. the strategy is take him out as soon as possible and get a real hitter in there so, yeah, I'm going to miss the Nards band so much. Just absolutely. everything that he did, I feel like was so positive for the team, like on the field and off the field, and for the fans too. Like, just from, I mean, off the field, he's doing his foundation stuff that we were kind of lucky enough to be a part of and help him out with. And then he also has an adorable son on Instagram who oh he's God, posting DJ. a lot of pictures of. He has enormous arms, which came out on a turn-ahead-the-clock night. Like, everything that Denard Span did was amazing. And, like, yeah, he's not, you know, going to light the world on fire, but he's a very useful player who pretty much every team could use, even if you are not trying to win. Like, the value of Denard Span, you know, talking to your young guys, being around your young guys, which I know a lot of people kind of poo-poo. Like, I'm sure there is a lot of people who would respect Denard Span's voice in – any clubhouse, no matter if it 's a hundred win team or a hundred loss team, so I will miss his sort of dad presence on this team as well as his really solid at bats, which he seemed to put up every single time he stepped to the plate absolutely well,
3: and it 's also nice i think i mean denard 's in a tough spot right now because he just hasn 't been signed i it, it 's unthinkable that he won 't at least get a minor league deal, but if he doesn 't want a minors deal, then you know that makes sense because he deserves more than a minor's deal but um it's nice that guillermo and ben gamel who i could do without watching any more in the outfield but was on a pretty unequivocally especially for a stretch this year one of the only people who was going up there and putting up decent at bats um like there was just a rough stretch where it was like oh my god we just need an average hitter (laughs) thank you ben gamel for being an average hitter um I'm excited for him to be in a position in Milwaukee where he doesn't have to be asked to do more than he needs than or than he's capable of, you know, because he's a good, he's a good, ba- he's a good base runner. He's fast. He's a good sort of left fielder, um, and he'll basically get to be in a platoon over there, and that's good. That's a good fit for him. So, um, you know, and he'll be he'll look awesome defensively because he's going to be replacing or paired. <laughs> paired with Ryan Braun. So, uh, really across the board, a, a sort of a real step up for Ben Gamble, and, and that's nice. Uh, Absolutely. And Late game defensive, and to make defensive
1: replacement for Ryan Braun. <laughs> and put, help mm-hmm. extend his career a little bit too, extend his legs some, uh, so he mm-hmm. doesn't have to be playing That's full another games. fun
0: National League team to kind of keep an eye on this year, just from like mm-hmm. a ease of rooting for them. you don't have to worry about them, like, taking wins from the Mariners. Not that that would even really matter this year, but I'm all in on the Brewers for sure. Um, do you, What do you guys think are maybe some, like, realistic expectations for Mitch Haniger? We saw him break out in a big way last year, make the All-Star team kind of become one of the faces of the team. This year I think he's pretty much unequivocally the face of the offense, and I'm wondering if you see – he's literally the only
1: player sorry he's literally the only player in every single promotional item from the team like the postcard comes to my house to remind me that it's time to buy Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. time to buy tickets and it's mitch hanniger like you pick up your pocket schedule it's mitch hanniger on that every single ad for the team it's like it's mitch and marco and that's like kind of it
0: Yeah, even Alexa is on board. I'm sure a lot of people saw that video.
3: Like, you don't know who's going to be around.
0: Yeah. Um, So, yeah, do you guys think that this is, like, this is going to be another step forward year? Is it, like, you think maybe there's some regression possibilities? Is he going to kind of stay the same? Like, what do you think is a realistic expectation for 2019 Mitch Haniger? Like, obviously, I don't think we all expect him to win the MVP or anything, but... What should the fans expect from the new Mitch?
1: Uh, I'm going to kick all Mitch question. Like, for me, if Mitch is just what he was last year, which I think is reasonable, um, I'm super happy. But I'm going to kick this question over to our Mitch Hanager expert.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was kind of doing that as well and hoping that, that was, we would just alley-oop it to John.
3: That was very kind. Uh I think that you can ex- sort of look at last year as a reasonable baseline expectation for Mitch. I mean, he's basically been that player for two years now. Um, you know, in twenty seventeen he got hurt, but he was his performance was essentially on pace for what he was, or a little bit, even a little bit less than what he was last year. And last year he was healthier and he was better and he was more consistent. Um, Players don't typically get so much better, necessarily, at the age that he is at. But, you know, he's still in his late 20s. He's easily the best player on the Mariners right now. And I think the nice thing about Haniger is he's got decent, athleti- er, decent athleticism. He's obviously got a very strong arm, but his main skills are at the plate and it's a lot easier to age at the plate <laughs> than it is uh, elsewhere. I think it's it's just not, uh, not as difficult to age when you already have great offensive skills versus when you're more dependent on your athleticism or on, um, you know, as a pitcher, velocity, and things like that. So uh, from what we've seen, we've heard Haniger working out at Drive Line, or at least getting some evaluations there. We've heard uh, he's doing various other training things. I think we could maybe see, uh, well, I think it's likely we see his on-base percentage rise just because he's going to be the most proven offensive presence in the lineup. Yeah,
1: it's going to be, He's he is not going <laughs> to see it that that w- in like August.
3: Yeah, I don't know that that will be him doing better necessarily as it as much as it will be people thinking well who's now who is that hitting third or fourth you know and I don't really know who's gonna hit third or fourth I I mean, this is just in an assumption that Hanager would hit second which is a pure assumption there but um
0: that's definitely where I'd like to see him hit I feel like you know there's a lot of evidence that your best hitter should be hitting second and like if he's up after Malik's, that just creates a lot of fun. Hopefully Malik's Absolutely. is on base running mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I mean if Edwin is still around like that's a pretty fun first mm-hmm. inning at least, you know, for a couple mm-hmm. months having those three start the game off for the Mariners and hopefully Absolutely. Edwin can help them jog home with just massive home runs. But yeah. add on that, I don't know if we should really be expecting Edwin to stick around or get too attached to him.
3: They are supposedly still trying to trade him, so I would assume we won't see him dealt at least until spring training. Just because I don't know who would take him at this point, but uh, yeah, it's once if someone gets hurt somewhere in the league, then you might see Edwin Encarnacion.
0: Yeah. Uh. But yeah, I'm very um, I'm very pleased with the idea of Mitch Haniger being like the guy moving forward, like I know we debated Mm. on a past podcast whether or not they should trade him when the whole, you know, when the Paxton Cano Diaz deals were going down, we were all thinking is Mitch next. And now that it's pretty clear that that's not going to happen, at least not anytime soon, it's pretty cool to like have a guy that you can get behind who was like a trade that actually worked out, which we haven't had very often. Mm. And a guy who's like provides some stability because I'm sure these next couple of years are going to be. A lot of roster turnover there already has been, obviously. But just knowing that we have, like, a guy who's proven himself at the big league level, made the all-star team and all that, that's a fun fun thing to have where, like, you know, Robinson Cano and Nelson Cruz were that as well, but it was a little different because they were older and had been, you know, kind of household names elsewhere. But Mitch Hanniger was, like, our guy that we got to discover before the rest of the league did in a lot of ways. And thank you again to the Arizona Diamondbacks for just – Handing him over for a low price,
1: <laughs> handing him over and mm-hmm. then sending the hitting coach who helped him, you know, helped create his breakout. I mean, obviously the credit belongs to Mitch, but um, I'm pretty excited about having Tim Laker in the organization as a hitting coach, mm-hmm. the guy who worked with Hannah. Yeah, worked a good point with JD Martinez. Uh, excited to have him and you know so not only do you have Tim Laker helping guys out but then you have Mitch Haniger being like this is the guy who helped me and I mean Malik S- mm. Smith said himself like I want to learn everything I can from Mitch Haniger, so
3: it's a very funny series of hires that the Mariners have made I mean it, it is just like a lot of them are hey this dude really did a ton for me kind of hires like they hired Perry Hill because Perry Hill taught D. Gordon to be a good infielder. Yes,
1: and he's going to teach uh, J.P. Crawford to be a, a good infielder builder, yes. and maybe Tim Beckham.
3: Uh, yeah, uh, and like Doug Davis? No, not Doug Davis. Paul, Paul Davis. Davis. Paul Davis. Yes, Paul Davis. Paul Davis. Like Paul Davis worked with um, worked with the Cardinals, and also I believe has a like strong connection with uh, at least a few of the people in the in the Mariners organization already, including um oh god, uh Brian DeLunis. Mm-hmm. And so Which
1: also I wrote an article about this actually, which if you are interested in this line of conversation, you can check out um about the Mariners latest minor league hires and specifically how they are kind of moving away from players who are ex MLBers and into guys who have some kind of a personal relationship part of hitting twitter which is obviously very popular like people who the players themselves follow and look up to and interact with online so a little bit of a a shift there and something that will definitely be interesting to follow a storyline over the course of the season
0: so we're gonna see a pretty new outfield this year and i feel like the big ticket um, acquisition of the offseason is a huge part of that, obviously, in Malik Smith um, coming over from Tampa in the Mike Zanino trade. He's going to play a lot, I would assume, in you know one of the more premier positions and probably at the top of the lineup. So it's going to be a Malik Smith heavy year, which I'm very excited for. Every single piece of Malik's content I've seen this offseason has been more interesting than anything Mitch Hanniger has ever done, which is not to shade Mitch he's just not quite built for show business like Malik's is um, but Malik's is also good at baseball or at least he was last year which is exciting um, he was a top 10 outfielder in the American League at least according to F4 hit 296 stole 40 bases so like that coupled with just being like a fountain of joy, joy and yeah. wonder it it's gonna it's gonna make for a fun year. Did y'all so, watch, uh, o-
1: watch Malik's apartment hunting, the video that the team put out?
0: hmm Yes, I did. Very good job by the Mariners social media team there. But I think we're gonna see a lot of those, I would imagine. Not apartment hunting, obviously, but like a lot of Malik's videos and him being funny. He's already like in the short amount of time he's been here, he made fun of Griffey and Edgar by calling yes. them dinosaurs. <laughs> He announced that he's going to steal more bases than D. Gordon. Uh-huh, uh-huh. He said he wears number zero because he gives zero yep. fucks. Like, it's been <laughs> so great in like three months, and he hasn't even played baseball for us yet.
1: Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'm ready to just see. You know, if I want to watch some like superlative center field defense, I'll watch Braden Bishop play. But um, as far as just an entertaining player on like a 70 something win team, like, bring on Malik's. It would be. Think of how much. Yeah, you more, can't ask for more. Think of how much more people would have loved standpoint. D Gordon if, like, the Mariners had been as bad as I think Depoto thought they were going to be last year, and then they were like good, and then oh no, what do we do about this? Um, but like, if D had just been like a bright light on a bad team, even if he wasn't playing well, but he was like fun, I feel like people would react very differently to him. Not that D had a great year. Like D's walk rate is uh, was poopy. So Malik says he just has to clear that bar, you know, be better than D. Gordon was in 2018 on the field and continue to be delightful and charming off the field. And I feel like we're, we're set up and he is someone who's so happy to be here, too, which is excellent because um, he was playing in the mausoleum of Tampa Bay. So he's just happy to play in front of people like the bar is very low for him to be happy in Seattle and I feel like that's important, yeah.
0: too. Yeah, if someone steals 40 bases and no one is around to see it, did it ever really happen?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So.
0: I mean, I don't know if we should expect 40 again. Like, it's going to all kind of come down to how much he gets on base and how much they're willing to let him run, which I hope is a lot. But, like, it's going to be just a lot of Malik Smith batting. Like, I assume he's going to hit leadoff, even if he struggles. And I bet they'll just keep him there just because – they want to keep him happy and show faith in him. Mm. So, like, you can sign me up for a bunch of losses if it means 500 plate appearances from Malik Smith. Malik Smith and, doing you know, hilarious some...
1: stuff. Yes, yes.
0: And that. And his hair has been really nice. Right now, he has like a corn road man bun, yep. which is very innovative, very NBA. You don't really see a lot of uh, kind of like out there hairstyles in baseball. Obviously, they're wearing a hat when they're playing, so we're not going to see it as much, but. From what I've seen so far, I am I am all in on Malik. He's got charisma. He's young. He is a pretty good baseball player. Like we could do way worse than Malik Smith, is what I'm saying.
1: I think um, this year is going to be a really good year to be at spring training, and it's really unfortunate that a lot of people aren't going because of the messed up schedule in Japan and everything. Um, but I really think that there are going to be between Malik's and Shedlong and. Uh, Dom Thompson, William. Like I think there is going to be some fun, some swagger, um, and some a brand of baseball that like maybe we haven't seen so much with kind of an older roster. Uh, so I'm really looking forward yeah. to that, and I will be reporting on it. Yeah, it feels like it's going to be very loose. Yeah,
0: like not a lot yes. of pressure this year, or like you know guys looking over their shoulder, like oh no, if I do something weird or bad, they're not going to like it. It seems like they're getting a lot of freedom to be themselves.
1: I mean, I'm going to be straight. Like I, there are red flags about Malik Smith. I am worried about that very high BABIP that he ran in the, you know, hitting on turf. I am worried about the fact that he has the slowest bat speed, the slowest recorded bat speed in the minors or in the majors uh, at like 70, low 70 something um i i'm not sure i'm not sold on the the on the field ability but the personality is is great and uh, we are not wanting for center field options or for outfield options in the system as a whole so to that i say just bring on mallocs for the for this year at least bring on all the mallocs that i can handle for sure
0: Yes, it's the year of Malik's. But also, I think a fun sleeper that doesn't seem like he's getting a lot of attention and that I think fans will grow to love is Domingo Santana. I don't know how much you guys have thought about him. I kind of forget he's on the team every so often. But when I was doing my research for this, I was like, oh, yeah, we have Domingo Santana. And what's this? He's dope as hell. (laughs)
2: Like
0: It's another another very fun addition to this team, which, like I said, I mean, it's kind of beating a dead horse. But if they're going to be bad or at least mediocre at best like we want some fun guys to root for and Domingo is absolutely that in my opinion
1: yes
3: he's got a like sort of entertaining uh it's not Hanager-esque profile quite but it's like if you exaggerated all of the things about Haniger and then just including like making him gigantic like He's got an incredibly strong arm. He's just unbelievably strong himself. Like everything that he hits goes like is 110 miles per hour off yeah. the bat. And like my man's is. And six... he swings and misses. co I did. He's it. six
1: five. But... <laughs> he is six five. That's like. I mean, mm-hmm. I guess that's not that's short in mm-hmm. the NBA, but that's very tall for a baseball player. That's that's like Aaron Judge Aaron Judge territory. Mm. Um, you were right. he does hit
0: the ball hard too, like you guys yeah. said, like a lot of encouraging batted ball numbers uh, I think they were like up in the thirty percent for every year he's yeah. been in the in the league, so he does not lack for power by any stretch of the imagination,
3: yeah, I mean, a lot of his profile essentially is like it reads like young Nelson Cruz did, and I think that's probably not an insignificant part of what they targeted him for, especially since scott service and Nelson Cruz had a long positive relationship uh, going back to their days in Texas, and so like, you know, if if you're seeing someone who has essentially is like a four-tool player, you know, has above average arm, has above average, you know, all all offensive profile, um, and and isn't even not isn't even slow, but you know, just has has a pretty. I think we're going to see essentially another right-handed hitter who can still succeed at Safeco, And I know that's kind of decreased as an issue in since the balls have been juiced or they've moved the fences in or whatever. But it still takes a powerful righty hitter and Domingo Santana certainly has that in droves to, to succeed, yes. which is going to be fun.
1: And I Absolutely. mean, they're buying low on him, you know? Like after, I uh-huh. think last year he lost like 50 points off his ISO or something like that. It was
3: like... Yeah, he had some injuries, and then he had some bad... Yeah, he had a a very similar... He had a poor... A a sort of similar year to J.P. Crawford, Mm. really, and that, like, things just, like, were all messed up from the jump, and then it just didn't really get back on track until right at the end.
1: Yeah, so I think that they think that they can ameliorate some of these issues, that, you know, part of it is going mm -hmm. to be health, part of it might be conditioning. Obviously, when you have a guy who is that big, you have to... Have a pretty specific conditioning mm. program to keep him. Mm. It's just more of you to get hurt, right? So, um, <laughs> mm. I think that they think that they can help him out with conditioning. I think they think they can help him out with plate discipline because he mm. he was you know okay for a power hitter, but it uh, really slipped last year. And um, yeah,
3: which was like one of the first times in his career it really yeah. I apart, mean, I been... think that
1: the Brewers were hasty, honestly, or you know. They were trading away something that they don't need so much anymore, which, which is the power mm-hmm. to gain something that is maybe a better fit for them as far as having a yeah. really athletic outfielder who's young and control whatever. I would be worried about Domingo Santana's numbers if he was like four years older, if he was 30 and had mm-hmm. had this. But at 26 and some change, I'm not concerned about uh, any of the – and some of the red flags about Malik's will continue to concern me until I see <laughs> next year the red flags in Santana's profile do not concern me I don't even really consider them red flags
3: yeah he's. Yeah. I mean he's, he's just a guy who's got a decent amount of swing and miss in his swing but also has unbelievable power and if he's making just a little more contact or like he already has shown in the majors and he's a really good player and
1: And maybe, you know, you put put awesome. what what can Tim Laker do for him? You know, what can uh-huh. he's he's got kind of a track record with those guys. So maybe he can um maybe he mm-hmm. can help out a big old yeah. righty slugger.
3: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I wanna give a, a shout out to Ben Thoen here, one of our own writers at Lookout Landing. Uh, he mentioned that the Mariners acquired both of the players who in 2017 had a hard hit percentage above 39 with a fly ball percentage under 30. So in other words, two guys that hit the ball really hard but struggled to get it in the air. So maybe with some Tim Laker magic, they can tap into that and hopefully get Domingo to hit the ball in the air more, which could lead to even more home runs. When he did get like the season of his most playing time, he hit 30 home runs. That was that 2017 year that Ben was alluding to. So with more playing time and maybe just like a further emphasis on hitting the ball in the air, like who knows how many home runs he could hit. And like Kate said, like we bought very low on him. Like Ben Gamble, as much as I loved him, like he's not going to be a star, you know, unless he's in like a Leonard Skinner lookalike contest. (laughs) And Domingo (laughs) Santana has a much higher chance of like blossoming into something like very useful. Whereas Ben Gamble is very much a fourth outfielder. And
1: if he doesn't. It doesn't hurt you. It's not like if they took a hit at the infield position and one of the people that they're investing in doesn't turn out there. I mean, which I think partially has to do with why they're just stockpiling bodies for that infield. You know, just throw them all at the wall and see who sticks. Um, In the outfield, we have not only, I think, a pretty intriguing Major League crop, but we have guys lined up. A few deep in the minors, which is not, uh, that's not usually something you say about the Mariner system, is that, the, is that it's deep or stacked, but outfield is the one area in which um, there's going to be some fun tracking to do.
0: Yeah, Kate, I'm glad you brought that up, because we got a Twitter question from at tpedro22. He wants to know if we think a true backup center fielder will make the squad. I know they trust Hanniger out there, but it would be nice to have a speedy backup. That seems to me to point at Braden Bishop as the only real candidate for that Mm -hmm. position. I mean, he's the only backup outfielder on the 40-man right now who could even remotely handle center field. So Mm -hmm. I guess I'm going to morph this question into, will Braden Bishop make the 25-man roster, and I'm going to defer... This question to you fellas, because I've never seen Braden Bishop <laughs> actually play baseball. Uh, uh, Kate, you go first. Um,
1: Braden Bishop, will he make the 25 man? Um, I don't think they're going to want to blow his service time. Start the clock on his service time too soon. Um, yeah. I, so I don't. I yeah. don't. I think that there would have to be an injury, and also there has to be some kind of a settling of the Jay Bruce situation. Like they have too many people to play first base DH right now, essentially. So right. I think um, you got to see maybe Encarnacion go or have mm. an injury. I think in any case, you have an injury to first base DH or anywhere in the outfield. Braden Bishop is the next one up but I don't know if he starts on the 25 man I don't I
3: don't think so yeah I'd agree if he had gotten if he hadn't had a pitch hit him in the arm last year I think there's a great chance he does but the fact that he just didn't get any AAA reps last year I think that gives them enough I mean not a reason necessarily but I think it's a good enough reason to want to give him a chance to face the Essentially, highest level prior to the majors, a little bit. Yes, and uh, I am, I, th- I, I am a big believer be in
1: the necessity of some triple A time. Like, I really believe that that yeah. that develop. I think the A levels are kind of, you know, whatever you face different things at different mm. times. I think you can jumble mm. those around. I think it's really important to get a lot of time at double A and face the best pitching that you're ever going to see, um, because it's such a drastic mm. step up from A level competition. And I think it's really important to get your time in at AAA and be able to see off-speed stuff and crafty guys because and guys who can like really locate a quality breaking ball and make you look dumb on it. Um, Tyler O'Neill mm. needed that, and he looked real bad for a while before he started mm. looking good again after he beat up on double-A pitching. So in the Southern League, which is like not the best level of competition, but still, um, sure i believe in that as a developmental step it is frankly surprising to me the way the angels are handling joe adele that's a different issue but they are kind of crunching him john has a theory that uh they're rushing top prospects adele and uh griffin canning up to kind of prove to trout that he's going to have some quality teammates um but yeah, they they seem to be rushing through those steps. I am very pro having your proper developmental time at the at the minors. I think there was a trend for a while of rushing guys through, and I don't want them to do that with uh, with Brayden. So take take some time, have him Tacoma, let him see some real nasty off speed pitches from guys who were pitching in like Japan last year, and, and then we'll see how he does.
0: Yeah, there's no reason to rush him either. Like, no. It's not like there's an incentive right. to get Brayden Bishop it, up here right now.
3: <laughs> I think that it is going to be weird early on because the you know right, cause th- we've got Hanegren right, for sure. We've got Malik's in the center, for sure. We've got Domingo Santana in left, for sure. And they have said Jay Bruce is going to get the majority of his work in left field as well. So they're going to... Probably not actually straight platoon. Domingo Santana. Does that smell right
1: to you, John? You are an expert um, at decoding (laughs) decoding Jerry truthiness. Um,
3: Well, I think it makes more sense than the alternative, which would be him playing a bunch at first base over both Ryan Healy and Daniel Vogelbach, both of whom need a lot of time.
1: Unless you bust uh, so, Healy down to or, Tacoma because he hasn't learned how to take a walk. Uh,
2: yeah, he should walked to Tacoma <laughs> I can teach him a lesson.
0: <laughs>
3: um, yeah, so I guess that that's possible. But, I mean, there's just not a backup outfielder there, so I think you may get some real janky-ass <laughs> <laughs> Dil- <laughs> Dylan Moore in center field. Oh, boy. yeah there's a lot of at least early in the season early in the season well because and they're making you know and i think this is not a bad idea because i think the mariners have suffered from you know it's wonderful having nelson cruz but when you have a full-time dh you essentially are sacrificing a position of versatility and so as a result you know the mariners not only were already not a very versatile team but were sacrificing additional right. versatility right. so trying to push themselves to have uh guys like shed long and guys like dylan moore and you know even christopher negron still somehow still somehow, somehow a uh, Mariner. still <laughs> still
1: <laughs> um, survived every cut know,
3: unbelievably yeah. so yeah. yeah um who and, needs I mean, marwin you know, gonzalez
1: hobby. when you have christopher negron
3: <laughs> and 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 <laughs> They'll have Ichiro no,
0: the first two games at least. Let's go, baby. <laughs> Ichiro. Oh Ichiro. Ichiro, Ichiro.
1: <laughs> I mean, again, if the team is going to be bad, like be hilariously bad, like.
3: You know we're getting that opening opening day Felix start Uh, with Ichiro in right field, baby. mm, It's going to be amazing.
1: I mean, I have been... Keep that streak going.
3: Keep that streak alive. I have
1: been saying that I miss the early 2000s, (laughs) so...
3: Yeah. (laughs) A lot of good Hooba stuff in the
1: early 2000s. It's a simpler time. I really miss my, like... I miss my chunky highlights. I mean, it was... my poppin' lip wow.
3: glosses. I miss recess.
1: <laughs> all right, shut up. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Both the show and the uh, activity. All right.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what What about the so so? That's sort of the 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 top of the crop. What about the throughout the rest of the system? Uh I mean there were so many different outfielders that the team acquired it was almost the entirety of their acquisitions this off season. Were outfielders to the point where we were actually getting like a little bit stressed out for a while. It was like okay now middle yes, infield, yeah. like okay now pitching, please <laughs> like s- address address the needs. Well, I mean uh, the the
1: travelers outfield last year was made up of one real outfielder, which was Brayton Bishop, who was mm-hmm. then summarily replaced yep. by Kyle Lewis, and then like was Bo, it? Amaral. Bo Amaral, yes, and twenty uh, like seven year old yes, and Folia when he came back from his.
3: Relative of Sometimes,
1: Richie Amarillo, I yes, think? Yes, definitely. Um, yes.
3: Nephew, maybe, or something? Yeah. Uh,
1: so, yes, uh, it was, I mean, that it, it was, and the same, you have a similar problem at Modesto, you don't, you know, and then it's like, is Nick Zamorelli, we love him, Nicky Three Sticks, but is he an outfielder, is he an infielder? Like, um, the that particular part of the system, there's a lot of depth, lower down and there's a lot of Mm. people who they have signed to play that upper end but uh the a the high a double a level was pretty lacking so we have a pretty exciting traves infield double a that will be kyle lewis dom thompson williams and who am i missing jake Jake Fraley. fraley thank you that's right uh, any of one of whom w- would be an interesting potential um, to be jump to Tacoma should things shuffle. Mm.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be a lot more. <laughs> I mean, obviously, it's going to be a lot more interesting to follow the minor leagues this year. But like, at every level, like in Tacoma, they should have Braden Bishop, Ian Miller, and probably. some. Yeah, probably Eric Fulia mixing in. Maybe Dustin Ackley, weirdly. Um, and then Let's like hope not. Some. Tito Polo. Yeah, Tito, know, Tito some, Polo. Maybe My Tito, po- maybe Tito Polo. Tito are doing some. Um, indeed. And so that will be, you know, even, even that's like relatively thinner in terms of prospect hype, but even that will be more compelling than last year um, where there just wasn't a ton. You know, Arkansas is going to have, essentially, I mean, what, three of the, maybe, 15 more, most, like, exciting people in the, in the Mm -hmm. system, and, you know, Modesto, hard to say, but, uh, Modesto's gonna be a, (laughs) Modesto will probably have Keegan Keegan McGovern, McGovern, maybe, uh, who will be exciting, one of you I would love to hear go, go on a little bit about, but, uh, I mean, and then West Virginia is just going to be... Stacked! Like the, the, yeah, like it's going to Ridiculous. be... Ridiculous! The most impressive. Yeah, it's going to be so exciting. I hope they're going to put video in for their home Ugh, games. please. Because I'm not sure if they have We will it.
1: do like a GoFundMe here yeah. to...
3: Yeah. Uh, I mean, we should... Yeah, we should actually get on that right now. Uh, <laughs> How much can it <laughs> like, possibly I'm, I'm be, I'm actually right? going to... <laughs> it's one camera. It's one, one camera, camera, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> it's one HD camera. That's and all it will take for me it. to care about West Virginia. <laughs> we yeah. don't even have to have a person They're running They the power. Like, they must have the like. supplies. <laughs> oh my
1: God. Yeah. If any uh, Mariner's Brass listens to this, please, 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 please. And please. we know you do. Do this, we, do we this one thing hanging. for us. We will crowdfund. Mm-hmm. Uh, if if the power can just provide someone to man the camera, because uh, there's yes. I think maybe one. Ca- no, wait, that's high A. That's the Florida. League. Okay, there's no there's basically no cameras in high A. But um, low A is not the happy League. Ha- the
3: Appy League has some decent number, uh, at least. But it's it's still could be better. You mean out the there. Sally
1: League or the Appy League? The Sally League, league is sorry, thank the one you. that they'll be playing. Yeah. Yes. Um. Yeah, but I mean,
3: it's gonna heaven forbid we call a thing something that makes some goddamn sense.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> God is, totally know what you're talking about. It is about. technically the South Atlantic League. That is South Atlantic. Yes. Uh, South. When you get into you know. Anyway, um, that will be that, Lakewood, that will new, be new Jersey. extremely fun to follow, and then of course there will be Everett and the crop of new. Whoever the new draftees are who'll be always fun to watch. So should be a pretty the only one I'm worried about is Modesto. Everything else should be pretty watchable. And I don't know, you know, I doubt that Jared Kellinek will have to spend a full season at A ball if he goes in there and rakes. I think they'll they'll be pretty free and easy with yeah, that promotion to the to the Cal League, so Uh, Yeah, lots of depth, lots of stuff to watch out for, uh, lots of prospect. Like, this is your year to get into prospects. Do it this year because um, this year it's not going to be like squinting and trying to see a prospect. It's legit people who are legit top 100 lists.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked. I've never, ever cared about the minor leagues, but this will be the first time since – the Days of Kevin Pitsnoggle that I care about what's going on in West Virginia, <laughs> and that is a deep college <laughs> basketball cut for anyone who understood that oh, wow. reference. We are kindred spirits, man.
3: Wait, who was the dude uh, who was the West Virginia University of West Virginia basketball coach for a long time?
0: Huggy Bear, Bob Huggins, Paul Huggins,
3: Bob, Bob Huggins. Huggins. He's still there, uh, he is still there. God, yeah. that man is
0: diligent. Oh yeah, with the sweatsuit every time, and then he brings his own stool so he doesn't have to sit with his assistant coaches. I love it a lot. Mm-hmm. He seems kind of overbearing, but I would still listen to what he has to say.
1: As we are, we're kind of winding to the end here, coming in on on an hour. Um, do you have any questions from the people that you wanna you wanna go over?
0: Yes, we got a good amount of questions from the people. Thank you, as always, to the people. Uh, one of them is from a person named Isabel Manassian. Oh, I'm not sure her. how she found us. Or, yeah, I mean, sounds familiar. I just can't Who? put my finger on what her connection is to this little <laughs> blog that we do. Oh <laughs> Nonetheless, she had a good question. Um, in honor of Valentine's Day this week, please match make fans of former Mariners with new Mariners. So what I think Isabel's saying here is, like, if you liked... So and so, I think you'll like new. Hey, hey, yeah, we're gonna have a, well. we're
1: gonna have an article to that very end sometime this week uh, in celebration of Heck Valentine's yeah. Day. So,
0: yeah, this Isabel person has a good understanding of content. <laughs> we should probably look into hiring her or something. Um, uh, we had this. We touched on it earlier a little bit. Like, I think an obvious one is if you liked Nelson Cruz, then here's a Domingo Santana. I mean, both power out the ass, big, lovable. Dominican dudes Um, and I think Domingo will be at least passable on defense which we probably couldn't have said about Nelson Cruz at the tail end there Mm -hmm. Um, I will say this is a stretch for sure but that's what I'm here for if you like Ichiro (laughs) I think you'll like Malik Smith (laughs) and I'm talking Uh prime Ichiro (laughs) not 2019 Ichiro because hear me out Ichiro is obviously like the best player ever of this profile so I'm not saying Malik's will even sniff his level of productivity Mm -hmm. but it's going to be a lot of infield hits a lot of stolen bases and a lot of plays where you go Malik's is the only one on the team who could do that which is Mm -hmm. sort of reminiscent of Ichiro and we also heard stories of Ichiro being really funny and engaging behind the scenes but Malik's will do that incredibly in front of the scenes (laughs) like it's not going to be hidden or shy yeah Malik's is very much in the scene so we don't have to worry about like it being limited to clubhouse stories or like a rare snippet of Ichiro speaking English. Like it's going to be Malik's on 10 all the time. So he's not going to be near the hitter that Ichiro is or the defender, obviously, but from a personality like leadoff hitter, spark plug guy, he's your man. All right. And that is a stretch, which I acknowledged off the top.
1: I like it. I like it. John, do you have enough?
3: Um, I think we we also mentioned uh, we we mentioned a few other good ones. I I think this is <sighs> there's not really a good replacement for Edwin Diaz, which is pretty tough. I mean, there isn't anywhere in the league, yeah. so that's understandable. Uh, so I'll say Jerson Bautista is a good replacement for Juan Nicasio, uh, <laughs> if you really liked just a weird large guy <laughs> throwing pretty hard and it sometimes works uh perfect you will get that and you will probably get that from a few different Mariners this year and hopefully some of them will figure it out because uh that's going to be Dan Altavilla and that's going to be Jerson Bautista and that's going to be Hunter Strickland Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and, uh probably some other people we've never heard of so or or have very minimally monitored um so, yeah, if, if the I think almost every game this year is going to be an adventure in innings six through nine. Uh, so, unfortunately, we won't have the same peace of mind, but fortunately we won't be as concerned about whether uh, they turn out okay or not. So, watching guys come in and try and figure it out. If you can let go of wanting it to actually work out, It will be reasonably entertaining. And unfortunately, we really needed one Nicasio to work it out, and he just couldn't. (laughs) So it'll be better this time.
1: Um,
0: Yeah, he had that pesky water on the knee, which we can never (laughs) figure out.
1: Anyone who's played Operation knows how difficult that one is to get out. Um, I'm going to go with... you got
3: to get a little dropper. Okay,
1: I'm going to go with... and, again, I'm trying not to steal too much from what we're going to do later this week, so I'm going to pick a different pairing and go with a guy who already has been here but you haven't seen as much in Sean Armstrong and say, if you liked Nick Vincent, then you will probably also enjoy Sean Armstrong. As far as somebody who gets up there armed with, like, a low 90s fastball that does not look impressive mm-hmm. and you're like, how? How are you getting batters to swing over the top of this? Through some elite spin rates, and I feel really bad about it because I think I loved Nick Vincent, and I loved his little daughter, who's so cute. Um, and I feel like Sean Armstrong is maybe the reason Nick Vincent doesn't have a job because he is cheaper. Nick, Nick Vincent, um, certainly not a job with the Mariners. Nick Vincent is as yet unsigned, but if you enjoy, I personally like I. Yes, I respond to, like, big stuff. I think that is exciting. Like, you watch a guy throw triple digits or hammer curve. I love a good hammer curve. Um, But I think that, especially as more and more pitchers are power pitchers, what I really love now is seeing, like, the Wade LeBlancs of the world get strikeouts that they have absolutely no business getting. And um, opening a brief plug for today's 40 and 40, which Ben did about Sean Armstrong, in which he has a gif of Sean Armstrong getting Mike Trout to swing the, probably the ugliest swing Mike Trout has ever swung. I mean, it is so ugly Mm. and bad, and it's magic. It's just, it's magic, and I enjoy that. So, if that is your jam, then you will probably enjoy watching Sean Armstrong. I hope.
0: Excellent. Uh, all right, I have two more questions that I think are pressing and need to be addressed. Um, one comes from HD Robot, who wants to know which Mariner makes the best snowball, which which Mariner has superior snow person making abilities, and which Mariner prospect is likely to realize his true calling is the tundra and move to the Yukon. Uh, this is a tough mm. one, I think. The first part of it, at least, because most of the Mariner players are from warm climates. There's not really anyone who I would mm. trust to know their way around snow, which is why I'm going to go with Scott Service and pick him <laughs> for my best Ooh. snowball, best snow person building skills. A Midwestern dad, I feel like, is going to make a tight snowball. And as a former catcher, I'm sure he could huck that mm-hmm. thing.
3: So, despite the fact that he is from West Hills, LA, I think Ryan Healy has relished every moment that he's spent in snow. He kind of is and a snowman. Yeah, he is very much uh, he he is the snowman from Frozen in many oh, ways. Oh, he's Olaf. Uh, he is and Olaf. And curveballs are the fire. <laughs> 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 uh, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do think I mean, he played third base. He's got a pretty decent arm. And uh, you know, and I think he would really take his time. He'd be uh superfluous with his uh (laughs) snowman and he would take great joy in sharing that he would he would use
1: that word too superfluous Uh he was absolutely absolutely (laughs) um i am gonna go with like a like a sneaky way under the radar one and say um mariner's prospect noel v Marte, despite being just 17 years old and having never seen snow in his life has the largest hands I've ever seen. His hands are enormous mm. and I feel like like they're tiny little snow shovels and they could be really good at like scooping up a lot of snow and compacting it really quickly and then he's got that shortstop arm so flinging it over I, I think Noelvi Marte would do some serious damage to your face in a snowball fight.
0: That checks out to me. Mm-hmm. Very oh, and scientific. by the way, the prospect—the prospect most likely to move to the Yukon is definitely Nick Rumbelow. Every other answer Every is other wrong. Every other
1: answer is wrong. That's one hundred percent correct. <laughs> he has the coonskin cap already. I don't know what else he could want. So, yeah, one
0: hundred. All right, and then the final question, which isn't really a question—it was more of a request from friend of the blog Brittany Bush Bushpallet. She wanted us to just make fun of Taylor right. Motter, so I will oblige and say. This snowstorm is the most annoying barrage of whiteness to hit Seattle since Taylor Motter was American. (laughs) (laughs) Got him.
1: Oh, it.